Well, hello again, my shiny, happy, cosmically fabulous wanderer. Today's snack-sized portion on the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity is all about change, readiness for change. Today, I'm going to present to you two models, one usually used in the coaching arena and one in the psychotherapy arena. Although they are both interchangeable, they are going to help us assess our readiness for change. Are you ready to make a change? Come along for this wander. Align with your best self. Explore the quality of your being. Step into your capacity to thrive. Broadcasting from the northwest coast of Scotland, this is the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. Oh, mighty goodness me. Here we are walking down our life path. We realize that there's an element that we want to change. Perhaps it's something in our behavior. Maybe it's something that we see on the externals and we say, hmm, this can't be this way anymore, right? And we need to make a change. But we might be caught in a moment of, I don't even know how to begin this change. Well, the first thing we need to do is assess our readiness for change. So from my experience with myself and with clients, generally the idea of needing change comes from a realization that there is a problem. So we have to ask the question, you know, what problem are we trying to solve here? Or how do I need to show up differently in my behavior, for example? And then, you know, what will it take for me to enact this change? So as you sit with me in this episode... Think about an area in your life where you perhaps are thinking there needs to be some kind of change. Probably in this moment, I would suggest, is there something in your personal being, the way you show up in the world that you would like to say, hmm, here's an arena where I could maybe do better, where I could show up in a way that is more proactive in helping me thrive on my path. And you know that's what we're all about here. So... Often when people come to me for coaching and therapy, but let's look at coaching right now because we're going to look at a model that I use specifically within the coaching arena, they have a point of stuckness that they want to become unstuck. Yes. So it might be a behavior, it might be a place in their career, and sometimes they feel this stuckness, so to speak, and they don't know if they're quite ready to enact something, take action to affect the kind of change that they're looking for. They can see it down the road, but they're like, "Mm, I have some reservations here. And sitting with them and listening to them, this is a moment I might bring out the GROW model, G-R-O-W. It's an acronym for some things, which we'll talk about in a second. And this might actually, in one session, help them get some clarity about where they are on this change journey. So here's the model. The GROW model looks like this. G stands for goal, and some people might talk about, you know, what they are aspiring to or what the, you know, the outcome is. But I try to have people, you know, unless it's some very sort of particular business uh, situation, you know, the goal and the aspirations can be somewhat general in the beginning because that sometimes can be easier to step into. Even though that goal might have some specifics, a 30,000-foot view of where one wants to be might facilitate ease in that transition from being stuck into forward momentum. 
The R in the GROW model stands for reality. So we look at where we are in this moment and we see and assess for like what are the, what's the situation? What are the obstacles that we can see that are clear, right? If, if we're looking at an internal sort of growth process, we might say, what are all of the intrusive thoughts that you have around this situation that might be stopping you from taking action, right? And if it's something on the external, like um, I haven't yet got that bank loan to facilitate me starting this business, well, we deconstruct that as well. So there's G, goal, R, reality. Let's look at O. I think O is my favorite because um, people often are sitting in an I don't know moment and I say I don't know is an opportunity. The O stands for options, right? So we can look at all of our options here. What are our internal options, our strengths, the internal resources we have? And if we're doing something that involves interacting with an external system, or like I said before, I used the example of maybe somebody starting a business, well, we can look at all these strengths and resources we have in place externally and how we interface with those. And here we are on the launch pad, and the W stands for way forward. What is our accountability in this moment? And most importantly, what actions are we going to take? And what are we going to do? And when are we going to do it? And who's going to take charge? And what part of this experience of change? And then we take our first step into enacting and taking action with regard to the change we are looking to make. Now let's break this down just a little bit. When we think about setting goals and they're well-intentioned and they are clear, right? They have some challenging elements to them. But when we have this experience, like I was talking about before, when the, the goal has a broader perspective, yes, we tend to be more productive, we get more motivated, and in the end, we're going to feel more fulfilled. This is my experience, and this is the experience of people I've coached and people in the psychotherapy arena who we've used this model to kind of assess for our readiness for change. What the GROW model really can do for us is help us find clarity in what is really important. Yeah, so it helps us to envision the thing that we want with regard to change, and it helps us to simmer it down to a lovely reduction that helps us see what is really valuable to us. Now, we know when we're facing the reality that R in the GROW model, right, that can bring up a lot of emotions and a lot of um, monkey mind, you know, and we talk about the monkey mind here sometimes. Well, we know what our practice is. We turn our attention back to the thing that we are wanting in this moment and not attend to the things that are holding us back. It's probably the sole purpose for using a model like this. So some questions we might ask when we're looking at the goal, we might say, you know, what does your future look like if it were idealized, right? And what do you, sometimes we want to say, we ask questions like if we're in a business setting, you know, what do you want to be doing in five years? Or, you know, what, what are the challenges you're facing right now? And what would make you feel um, that, you know, we are working towards the thing that is most resonant with you, yes? And so we're looking at the goal. When we're looking at reality, you know, we're going to be very practical. We're going to use our critical thinking skills. What do you need in this moment, yeah? What's working well for you? What have you done so far that's helping you achieve the thing that you're wanting to achieve, you know? How do you sabotage yourself sometimes, yes? And tell me about the fears that you feel. This is a really important one because sometimes people don't assess for the fear and they wonder why they're anxious and then they realize, I have a fear about achieving this goal because I don't know what that will feel like. And when we've hit the O in the GROW model and we're looking at our options, my favorite part of this, we can begin to say, what's your first step, yes? 
And if success was guaranteed for you, what would you do? I mean, that lights me up. The idea, if I could say to you, success is guaranteed, what would you do in this moment? The windows fly open. There's anything we can do, yes? So more about options. You know, what strengths can we use to move forward? And right now, in this moment, what can you do to be the most efficient? With a gentle heart and mind, what can you do to be the most polished in this moment as you seek to achieve this goal? And that's the GROW model for you. So now we move on to the trans-theoretical model of change. Yes, this is something that I was taught when I was in my, getting my clinical degree to become a therapist. I use it in both the coaching arenas, but especially in the psychotherapy arenas. Often it's used in um, A&D work um, when you're doing drug and alcohol rehabilitation with people, either in group settings or outpatient therapy. But I think it's a really useful one in any arena. You don't have to be in therapy. You don't have to be working with a coach. You could use this model to simply look at your readiness for change. It's super simple, so let's get at it. Now, what's interesting about this one is that the this change model is progressive. So each of the six stages need to be at the at completion, right, in order for us to move forward. We can't sort of do number one and then do number three and then expect that thing to happen. It really needs to be progressive. This model is almost like a tuning fork for your next step, if you know what a tuning fork is. <laughs> And so the first stage is pre-contemplation. So think about that word for a second. Pre-contemplation. We are in a stage where we are failing to recognize that there is even a need for change. This is why I said we use this often in A&D work with people because, you know, they come in, they say, I don't need to be here. Yet they've, you know, had three DUIs and they ended up in jail for a drug deal. Yeah. And so... They're in pre-contemplation and not ready for any kind of change. So think about something that I asked you to do at the beginning of this little exercise here, this podcast. I said, you know, think about an area where you want to affect change, right? You may feel like or have had the experience recently where someone has said to you or you've even said to yourself, this has really got to change. But then you might have some pushback from your automatic negative thoughts, intrusive stuff, monkey mind going, "Uh -uh, nah, you know, this doesn't need any change here. Everybody else just needs to get their act together. Well, you might be in pre-contemplation. <laughs> My shiny happy. But if we step right forward into contemplation, and I imagine many of you who are listening to this podcast have thought about your area of change are probably in contemplation. Yeah, this is where it gets really juicy. You are already thinking about the fact that you do need to make some change somehow, somewhere, so you're considering the need for change. Really positive place to be because this means that you're open and willing, right? You may not know what to do, but I say I don't know is always an opportunity. And it's sort of like the moment from the GROW model where we have options now because we've opened our heart and mind to the idea that change is needed. So we have pre-contemplation, contemplation, and we have thought through a little bit the need for change, and now we're ready for making some changes. We are in preparation. Yes, so here was where we make, you know, some... I, I like to say baby steps. You know, we make small changes to start. You know, we the idea that we need change in some way, whether that's external or internal, and you know, here on the Wanderer's Guide, we're really looking at our internal processes a little bit more. We need to make a change. If we go and like blow it out all the way, we might be more apt to burn out or not meet our goal. And that can give us a setback, which is really kind of what happens with number six here when we get there in a moment, but we'll explore that in a minute. In the preparation, 
stage of this trans theoretical model, we are developing an action plan. Yeah, and we're, we're setting tiny goals that are like steps forward. I'm always saying to people, this is the moment to be gentle. Yeah, let's not do a blowout and get burnt out. Let's do these three little things and then see what happens after that, right? Because we're still headed for the goal. And if we are doing this, we are actually in the fourth stage, which is action. Yes, so we are looking at not only doing some things like we said before that are baby steps, but we've begun to establish a new behavioral pattern because we're doing things in physical reality. And it's important to hang out here for a while. Yes, keep up with the actions. Track your performance level, yes, if we want to be coachy about it. If we're looking at it from a mental health or personal development point of view, you know, what are the things that we've done that we can acknowledge, yes, fully acknowledge and not bring judgment to? We might find that we need to revise this little moment of taking action and say, I won't do this thing because that burns me out. For example, if we're going to the gym and, you know, we're doing so many days of whatever type of cardio and we do, we find that we've done too many days of that and then we don't want to do it at all. Well, then we make an adjustment. We do fewer days of that and then more days of our Pilates class or our yoga or whatever it is that lights us up. And when we have done this for a certain amount of time, we discover that we are in the fifth stage here. We are in maintenance, yes. This new pattern of a way of being has been sustainable. We feel good about it. We are not falling off the wagon too much, which we're going to get to in a second. And we are able to implement the things that we've said we would and maintain it. And this is, can be a very positive experience for people. Yes, I know, you know, if I've been consistent with my yoga practice, that feels good. Now, here's the bit I want you to be very gentle with yourself about, yes. We are human beings, and we have the capacity for, and I don't love this word, um, but it is used in the trans-theoretical model, it is relapse, yes. We've returned to an earlier stage of change. We, we didn't do the yoga practice for a certain amount of time, and instead of giving ourselves a break to a certain extent and saying, hey, I'm human, and now I begin this practice again, we might be hard on ourselves we might be judgy and what will happen is is we may even get back sometimes you find people get right back to pre-contemplation yes they say yeah see i didn't need to make this change that was just stupid why was i thinking that i should be doing that in the first place if you're working with a really good coach or therapist right we deconstruct this moment of relapse yeah this moment where we've Face planted. That's what I do. <laughs> I tend to face plant. We revisit that. We deconstruct it very gently. We see what's going on. We assess for where we are in this model. And then we begin wherever we are to move forward again. So if we can go right back into action, great. If we can be in action for half a second and be in maintenance again, where we find, hey, I'm back on my practice. I'm maintaining all of this and it feels really good. Very, very good. If we go back to pre-contemplation, we just gently figure it out and we are not hard on ourselves. And again, if we are getting support from a really good coach or a therapist, we realize at this moment when we've kept the maintenance going and we've felt really good about that and there have been fewer relapses, Dan's version, face plants, then we terminate the process. We don't need to be discussing this anymore. We're going to go ahead and send you on your way figuratively so we can work on other things if we're in therapy or coaching. Yes, you can take this and run with it at this point because you have affected the change that you set out to do. 
Now, if we have taken on Dan's coaching, we've been very gentle with ourselves. We understand that the termination of utilizing the process we've just looked at is really never reached because we're humans. We're going to stop our yoga practice at some point. We're going to figuratively mess up our diet at some point. Yes, we are gentle with ourselves. We assess for where we are, and then we go back to doing the thing. We don't hang out in all of the intrusive negative thoughts and judgment and monkey mind. We just turn our attention back. It's a very mindful way of living. So there we are, the GROW model and the trans-theoretical model. I hope these are useful to you. If they're new to you, go and look them up, read about them. If you've heard all this before, hey, put it in your back pocket again and, you know, pull it out when you need it. So this was a bigger snack today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. There are more snacks to come, and there are many, many interviews coming in the near future. So stay with me. Keep sending me your emails, and you know how we end this. I'm always wishing you huge amounts of love, and I hope that your life is luminous. And please remember the impermanence of everything. If it is not luminous in this moment, it soon will be. Until next time. You've been listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. If, like me, you're enjoying what D.W. has to say, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep up with future content. I would absolutely love it if you click a star rating or leave a review. That way, I can know that the content I bring here is useful to you. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via DW's website at www.mcscoach.com. Thank you.